0: That was a beautiful, powerful time of worship. I won't break the, the gentleness and the quietness, so I'll just pray this prayer this morning. Lord God Almighty, this morning we bow down before you and bring our hearts to you to honour, praise and to worship you. You are the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. In you we move and have our being. Lord, you are a good God and your mercy endures forever. We give you thanks for your amazing eternal plan that has included setting us free from sin and evil. Thank you, Lord, that you are ever-present and always attentive to the prayers of your children. We want to see, hear and know you better. Help us to recognise your presence in our lives. We confess that we are lost without you and need you in our lives. Therefore, guide our lives, we pray, that we might be all that you have called us to be. We praise you for your glorious grace, for the free gift of life we have in Jesus' Praise you, Lord. You have brought your people peace as you promised you would. You are our God and we give you praise. May your word fill our spirits with your presence and let us walk through life holding on to your hand. Lord, we ask for more of your Holy Spirit in our lives. We thank you for the truth given through your holy word. Teach us to become more reliant on you. Bring us into a greater discernment of your ways, so that we may come into a deeper understanding that all we see with our natural eyes is not all that there is. Open our eyes and hearts, Lord, to your ways. Lord, it can be easy for us to be consumed with the worries that surround us in life, but we know that just as your eyes indeed on the sparrow, so also do you care for and see us. Holy Spirit, we thank you for this day. Lord, we know that despite all of the stresses and chaos of this world, you indeed see us and care for us. Bless us that we might bless others. We invite you to come into the centre of our lives, that you might be glorified and lifted up. You, O Lord, are our everything. And we need you to guide our thoughts, words and plans so that we might honour you with all that we say and do. Your name be praised always. The all-powerful name of Jesus, in whose name we pray for all things. Amen.
1: Thank you, Nadine, for leading us so powerfully in a a time of worship. It was so beautiful to be, be church and just... Having that time um, to wait upon the Lord. And as as we were we were in that time together, I just had a picture of Jesus smiling. And I just felt like I just needed to share that. You know, sometimes we we sing words or we we read words or we preach words and they're on a page. And in the same way that sometimes we have conversations via text or email, you can't see the body language of someone and what their meaning. With what what they're saying, there's so much something so much more powerful when you when you're face to face and you can see what they're saying. And I got this picture, and I want to share it with you this morning. That He delights in you. It's a bit like that ironic blessing. The Lord bless you and keep. The Lord make His face shine upon you. Jesus is smiling upon you. He delights in you. Those those words that we're seeing, those promises that He He speaks over your life, aren't just dead words. But they are words that are brought with passion and life, and He loves you so much. So if you've come this morning and you're feeling down, know that He loves to shine upon you. He delights in you. He smiles at you. He loves you so much. Amen. <clears throat> I'm to sorry. I'm gonna need the water this morning. We had a bush dance last night till ten thirty with the kids. And JJ insisted that I dance every single song with him, so just uh, muscle myself up. And I just love the way that the Lord often works um, in our gatherings uh, with people praying, um, people preparing worship, the the word that the Lord's prepared in my heart. And even in the kid's spot, because Joe was talking about remembrance and how we forget things, and this morning I forgot my illustration prop. I was supposed to bring my golf club. So I had to raid the kids' area out the back during the uh, welcome time and this is going to have to replace my golf club. So, <laughs> so yeah, we forget, we forget stuff and I thought it was quite funny that Joe said, has anyone forgotten anything this morning? Yes, <laughs> I did. Um, but uh, a few weeks ago I, I spoke uh, a sermon on... Sanctification, really, the way that the Lord uh, can—he saves us, but He continues to to move us and change us. And in a way, this this word is a very similar word to that, but just brought in a, in a different way. But I really felt like that was um, spot on for our our congregation, and that the Lord's want to continue to work in that realm. So I want to just continue on that theme this morning. Um, but to start with, just sharing a story. Uh, when I was probably about nine or ten, our parents took our our family on a holiday and um, my father took us three boys out for our first game of golf. We'd never played golf before. Dad wasn't a golfer. It wasn't sort of in our blood. And... um, uh, having lots of children, I can probably understand why it happened, maybe mum needed a bit of a break, and so dad took the three boys out, and uh, we were here on this golf course, but I was at an age where I was kind of young, and yeah, I was kind of just brought along, it was really for the older two to kind of get into it, and oh Sam, he can come along, and he can have a go, and I, ver- I remember the very first um, times we took swings at this golf ball, and they went this way, they went that way, they got top, they went backwards, And then they were like, oh, I guess Sam should have a go. So they gave me a little five iron rather than the big club. And I I swung and and it just went straight and true and so much further than my brothers and my dad. And I was just so proud. And I was like, yeah, that was so good. And ever since that moment, I've been trying to redo that shot Um but it was just so beautiful. It just took off and just woo, lifted off into the air. And I did toy, up, toy with the idea of getting like a plastic ball and actually hitting it at you guys, but I thought that would probably be, not be a good idea. Um, yeah, no worries. But... <laughs> you know, I've been trying to to re- redo that shot ever since basically. Uh, I've never been a pro golfer but I, I did enjoy having a whack every now and then and what I had discovered in in swinging in that very first shot was true and straight and beautiful and I'd never been able to rectify that but what happened was I, I developed what's called a hook. Now if anyone plays golf you know what I'm talking about is where when you swing the ball starts off but then it just trails off to the left and it sort of rather than going straight it goes that way a slice would be where the ball goes goes that way and so you know pro people would say that there's something wrong in your swing there's a defect in your swing that you have to to fix in order to make the ball go straight and I tried everything I tried My grip, I tried a different club, I tried the ball in the front rather than the back, all these things, and nothing changed, and I kept, I kept hooking. Now, this was okay when I'm playing just with my mates who are also just hackers, right? Because you can you can uh, undo this defect in your swing by simply going, well, if I want the ball to end up there, I'm going to start hitting out this way. And you hit the ball there and then it turns around and it ends up landing where you want it to land. That's okay when you're with your mates, but then you start to play with some guys who know what they're doing, you know the, the pros, the, the semi pros, and they, they take you out for a swing, and all of a sudden you 're embarrassed all of a sudden you're trying to conceal this defect, this sort of this hook in, in your thing, and so you, you try and like hit it a bit softer or sort of get around this this fault that's going on because you're embarrassed because they can do it straight, they can do it all perfectly, and you don't want to go you know accommodating for this hook by turning that way because they just laugh at you. And I was thinking about this, it's a bit like life and it's a bit like our spiritual journey in that sometimes in our lives, things develop. It wasn't there at the start, it developed through just playing and there are things that happen in our life through our natural consequences, through experiences that develop in our life, that become, if you like, defects, they become a hook in our journey, Uh, whether that be a behaviour, whether that be an attitude, whether that be a habit, uh, an addiction potentially, that they develop and they become part of our lives. And when we're around other people, we're potentially embarrassed by them, and so we try to conceal it we try to hide it or we try to accommodate it and live with it by adjusting what we do. Potentially we even call it something else. You know, we, we give it a, a nicer name in order to make us feel better about this thing that, that's in us. But if we're honest and real, all of us have character traits, all of us have habits, all of us have attitudes that potentially have developed over time that maybe the Lord this morning is putting his finger on and is saying, hey, how about that thing? How about that area in your life? How about that attitude? How about that relationship? How about that character trait? And we, we try, don't we, to fix stuff. This is why New Year's resolutions are a big thing because we all have... And are, all can identify things in our lives that we would like to change. We want to change them. And so we have these resolutions. We have these things in order to try and change them. It's, it's a common thing in our society. In fact, um, I was aware of, of this. This was one of my New Year's resolutions. I don't know if you can see over here. I said, Merry Christmas and a fit new year. Yeah. Well, that was, that was good. And maybe for about a year that worked. And then <laughs> if you look at that bike now, it's got flat tyres and it's full of dust. <laughs> I had an intention to get fit through riding, um, but it didn't last. In fact, there was a study done uh, by uh, Inc Magazine. They studied 45 million people and found that for New Year's resolutions, for the vast majority of people, that they will give up on that by the second Friday in January. <laughs> now, it so happens in 2023, that's Friday the 13th. That's just, that's just a coincidence. There's nothing <laughs> particular about that. We all try and we feel frustrated and perhaps stuck, perhaps immobilised by the fact that we, we try and try again, we're aware and with all of our might, and yet we give up. Well, then, if that's you, then this morning is for you. And, and this morning is for me. I want to talk this morning about spiritual transformation, the power to change, the power to change and to, to, to develop, to grow, to um, change those things in our life is through spiritual transformation. This morning I want to look at the Apostle Paul. We just finished a series on the Book of Acts, and a lot of that was Luke's description of what happened for Paul as he as he went out on missionary journeys, how he he pasted, how he started new churches. But a lot of his life, and I've now when I've, I'm looking at <clears throat> the letters of Paul, I, I I'm I'm reading them in a new light. I don't know if you've you've found this uh, as we've as we've sort of studied the the, the the, the life of Paul, uh, you see a new humility. This is, this is me. I, I see a new uh, humility in Paul and I see a, a beautiful way that he just encourages and lifts up. And so I want to take some of Paul's writings this morning and talk about how he um, talks about this idea of spiritual transformation. Paul says in Romans 7, and I love this, so the trouble is not with the law, for it is spiritual and good. The trouble is with me, for I am all too human, a slave to sin. I don't really understand myself, for I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is right, do what is, I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. Does anyone? Yeah. yeah. Like, this is awesome. <laughs> this is the Apostle Paul. Like, you know, he's, he's on our level and, he, he, and he's humble and he's real. I've discovered this principle of life that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. Oh, what a miserable person I am. <sighs> oh, we're just going to leave it there this morning. No, no. <clears throat> Sometimes I oh, just relate to that. We, we can try and we fail. We try and we fail. We set goals. We make vows. We buy certain equipment in order to try and change, and yet we fail. See, we have the right intentions. It is good we identify this thing in us. We identify this hook, and we want to fix it, and that's a good thing, yet we're going about it with the wrong strategy. That's what I want to talk about this morning. Craig Groeschel, uh, he talked about this, and he said that real change isn't behaviour modification. Real change is spiritual transformation. Real change is not behaviour modifications. It's not the outward appearance. It's not just changing our behaviours, but there's an inward reality to change that is a spiritual reality. It is a thing of the heart. So... Paul says, oh, what a miserable person I am, and who will free me from this life dominated from sin and death? What is the answer? Wretched man am I. I'm doing these things I don't want to do. What's the the answer? What's the strategy? Thank God the answer is in Jesus Christ our Lord. The answer is a spiritual Answer. The answer is a spiritual how, and when I say spiritual, I don't just mean we're going off to the, the you know the spiritual fair down the road and we're going to look at some rocks or something rather. Or I'm talking about Jesus. I'm talking about the gospel. I'm talking about His power at work in us. So it's not behaviour modification; it is spiritual transformation. And we, as, as followers of Christ, we try and yet we fail. And I want to look at three mindsets this morning. Uh, and this is from Jerry Bridges. He, he wrote a, a book on transforming grace. And he talked about three mindsets of change. And I want to expand on them this morning. Two of these mindsets are false and one is right. And the first one is God, then me. So God saves us. He comes to us. He, he, he puts his spirit in us. We, we respond to his love. We're, we're saved. We're brought into his family. And it's just amazing. We have this experience. We're saved. And then he says, now it's up to you. Off you go. Leave it to you now. I've, you know, I've done the hard bit, up up to you. Now off you go. Here's the example of Jesus. Now live up to that. And I think sometimes as Christians, we, we think that this is the way forward and and this is this is how we change. You know, God's done the, the saving, and now it's up to me to change. As now it's up to me to respond. It's up to me to work hard. It's up to me to to use all of my efforts to to do something to respond to him and to live according to what he has for me. And we we use this language like I'm trying to stop losing my temper. I'm trying to get close to God. I'm trying to stop scrolling Facebook and Instagram for four hours a day. I'm trying, it's up to me, it's up to me. See, God does the saving, that's the easy bit. Well, it's, <laughs> some, well, actually, it's not actually easy. Getting to the point is sometimes hard because it actually means surrendering our own will and our own control. And for many people that's hard. But when we come to the point of needing Jesus, what he does for us is simple. We can simply come to him and say, Lord, forgive me. Lord, I want to take what you've done on the cross and I want to relate that to my life. Would you come? Would you be Lord of my life? And friends, if you haven't yet come to Christ in that way, perhaps this morning is an opportunity for you. It is so easy. We simply come and we say, wretched man am I, like Paul. What is the answer? The answer is Jesus. And he can come and he can forgive you. And he can set your heart free and he can give you a life that is better than any life that you know. Maybe that's for you this morning. And in some ways, that's a, an easy thing. And the hard thing is then living up to the call that he has on our lives. I remember as a young Christian, I was, I was very influenced by Keith Green. And uh, I read his, uh, his diary entries in No Compromise and I wanted to be like Keith and I remember <clears throat> setting up kind of a ritual in the backyard I had a little fire and I was kind of like okay god you've you've you've, you've called me to something and I make these vows I make these promises and I'm going to live for you and I'm going to change my ways and I'm 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 never going to let you go and I'm I'm never going to go back to how I was and, and and this this was god then me and I I tried and I pushed and I, I used all my efforts and I even had a little ceremony. <laughs> but that is not going to change us. So that doesn't work. So it's not God than me. Another false mindset is God, not me. If If the first one puts all of the effort on us, the second one puts all of the effort on God. It kind of, you know takes any responsibility away from ourselves in us participating in the change in us. So, you know, I want to get closer to God. That's something that I feel like the Lord's putting on my heart. So in order to do that, do I just go to the end of the jetty and look at the sky and just say, just do it, God? Or is there a part that I play... (laughs) In it, do I read his word? Do I come to church more regularly? Do I be part of a, a small group where people are speaking and praying into my life? Or here's another one that I've heard people do, maybe I've done it too. We we want to be more generous in our giving, but you know, we find our finances are, are just we're just scraping by. I know the answer buy a lottery ticket. God's just going to like bless that and that's going to fix the problem, right? (laughs) No, that's not the way forward. It is not God then me. It is not God not me. It is God through me. This is the biblical understanding of what it means to be involved in spiritual change. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, for I am the least of all the apostles. Amazing to say that. When, you, when we just study the, the book of Acts and what, what he, he went through. In fact, I'm not even worthy to be called an apostle after the way I persecuted the church. But whatever I am now, it is all because God poured out his special favour on me. He poured out his grace upon me. And that grace was not without results. So God didn't just save Paul and say, now it's on to you, but that saving produced results through the power and the grace at work in Paul's life. For I have worked harder, there's our participation. And if we look at, the, at Paul's life, man, he worked hard. I mean, if, if, if we were to say anyone in the, the, the New Testament establishing the church, when it came to spreading the gospel, who preached the most? who was beaten the most, left for dead? who had to escape? Who was snake-bitten? who was persecuted, who had his name run? Who was jailed, who was falsely accused? Like he worked. And then he says this though: I worked harder than any of the. yet, even though I worked, it is not I, but God who was working through me by His grace. Despite all those efforts, yet, even all of that, it was God who was working through me by his grace. Real change isn't God, then you. Real change isn't God, not you. Real change is God through you. The same grace that saves you is the same grace that changes you. It is not behaviour modification. It is spiritual transformation. So what does this look like? We have this time at church. We just had an amazing time of worship, but then we go back to our lives on a Monday and we want to strangle our boss. <laughs> we want to uh, sell our children to slavery because of the way they behave. Like, <clears throat> we, 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 we come back to reality. What, is, what does this <laughs> look like? I want to tell you a secret this morning. And, and if there's anything that you remember from this morning, may it be this moment, I want you to, to lean into what I'm about to say. Uh, friends online, lean into your screen. Real change isn't behaviour modification, it's spiritual transformation. So for real change to happen, you ready for this? I'm about to blow your mind. This is this is This is it. For real change to happen, for it to be spiritual transformation, you ready? It has to be spiritual. Are your minds blown? (laughs) It's not just words. It's not just an idea. It's not just a process. It is a spiritual reality. We can get it in our heads we can understand what the past is saying, but when it comes to it, if we really want to change, it's got to be a change of heart. There's got to be a spiritual reality to what is going on in our lives. Because we want to change, and we have all sorts of reasons why do we want to change. And some of those whys, the reasons to change might be might be good. They they might be worthwhile. But potentially I want to say this morning they're not spiritual reasons. We want to change. Going back to the bike analogy, you know, I I want to be fit. That's a good reason, isn't it? I want to be fit. I want to be healthy. I want to be able to ride long distances. Those are all good reasons, but they're not spiritual reasons. How about this for a spiritual reason? I want to be around as long as I can to live for God and to exercise the ministry gift that he's called on my life. Ooh, now that's a spiritual reason. And our spiritual reasons are always in connection for God's purposes for your life. God has a purpose for your life. He has a calling for your life. And so as as this morning, as I was talking about those defects, those hooks, perhaps the Lord was starting to put an impression on your heart of a certain area in your life. And perhaps you had good reasons for those things to want to change and perhaps you've struggled to change in those things. Maybe this morning put a spiritual Put a a God's purpose for your life next to it. That is your spiritual why and that is God's purpose for you. Your spiritual how to change is God's power through you. The spiritual why is the purpose for you and the spiritual how is God's power through you. So let's give some examples of this. You might think, I spend way too much time on the screen this is a reality for many people in our day and age. Whether it be TV at night, whether it be our phones, a lot of screen time. In fact, you know, iPhones now they they give you a report on how, how much time you're spending in front of your screen. And, and God's pointing His finger at you this morning and saying, "Man, you're spending way too much time in front of screens." And we might say, "Well, it might be good." To change that because I want to use more of my time to do other things. That's a good reason, but it's not a spiritual reason. A spiritual reason might be that, you know what, God is love. The command he said to love God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength and love your neighbour as yourself. God's purpose for me is to love those around me and I want to honour him and I want to be present with my family. I want to be present with my friends and so because of that, I'm going to lower my screen time in order that that spiritual reason might come to place. And then we pray that God's power would be at work to bring about his purpose for your life. I want to be better with my finances. Yeah, I see why? Because I want to be rich? Yeah, because I, want to, I don't want to be stressed? Those are reasons how about this for a spiritual reason? I want to be generous. God calls me to be a generous giver. I want to, I want to, I want to bless people. I want to buy that vacuum cleaner for the kids' room. I can't because I'm just, I'm just going from paycheck to paycheck. It's a spiritual reason that you, to be a generous and then ask for God's power, his spirit, to be at work through you. I feel convicted to read my Bible daily. That's, what's the reason? Pastor told me to, that's a good reason. No. <laughs> what's the spiritual reason? As we go further and further into this society that's putting all these messages on us, I want to know what God's word is for my life. I want to know what his purposes are for my life. I want to navigate all that's happening in this world and, and pass that on to my children. I want to role model his word and his purposes in my life. That's a spiritual reason. And ask for God's power to be at work through you. We we got together in the prayer room and they prayed, they were praying this before we got there, and I just I just love that. Zechariah, this is what the Lord says it is not by force or strength, you might know the the translation, not by might or power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. It is not our efforts, it is not our strength, it is not by forcing, it is not by doing, but it is by my spirit, says the Lord. Real change is not behaviour modification, it's not trying, it's not efforts, it's not not manipulation. Real change is spiritual transformation, it Is by his spirit, says the Lord. I remember um, when... I was in the band days. We used to travel a lot and tour, and we used to um, fly all of the basic airlines because we couldn't afford to go Qantas or whatever. So we're always on Tiger or or Jetstar or something, and their their um, checkouts were always the furthest distance that you could get from from the front of the airport. Yeah, and so we'd arrive thinking that we'd arrived on time because we're from Adelaide. And Adelaide Airport's small, but then you get to places like Sydney and Melbourne, and you think you've got heaps of time, but there's still like an hour worth of travel in the airport to get to the plane. And in the early days, we'd be like running to try and get there on time. And then they invented these wonderful things in the airport where there's this moving sidewalk. I remember the first time we saw these things in Sydney or Melbourne or something, and and, and Dan, the drummer, he, he didn't know what they were and he was running along just the – we had far to go and I just started – and I was, just, I was just walking like this. And he's running with all of his effort trying to get to, this, to the plane and I'm just strolling along <laughs> and I'm keeping up with him. And, and I just loved that picture because the running, the striving is what that, that first mindset is, God, then me. It's my efforts, it's my, it's my running, it's my, my doing. But the God through me is like this airport walkway. Yes, we're participating, we're moving forward, we're, we're, but we're joining in with this power that is at work in us, that causes us to move forward, that causes us to go further and without much effort, without much sweat, <laughs> It is a beautiful thing when we partner with the Spirit of God in our lives to change us and to transform us. There is this power, just like this walkway, that enables us to move forward. By my Spirit, says the Lord. So what is your spiritual why? What is your spiritual why this morning? Have you identified that thing in your life that you've tried to change, you've tried to do something about, and yet have constantly failed. I want you to do something this morning. Think about God's purposes for your life. It's not a change of behavior, it's a change of heart. Because if you change your behavior, but don't change your heart, your behavior will come back. It'll come back. We're like leaky buckets we go back to that way that we were. You see, we have lots of things and lots of reasons why we would develop a hook. We have lots of reasons why we would develop things in our spiritual journey. But most commonly, the most common root cause is always spiritual. Because for most times we do these things or we involve ourselves in these attitudes or ways of life, because we're trying to meet a need or relieve a hurt with something besides God's grace. It's why we sometimes go back, because we've got a hurt that needs soothing. We've got a need that needs meeting, and we find it in these things, we find it in these hooks. And so we keep coming back. What I want to say to you this morning is God's grace is all you need. It is by his spirit that we can be set free. And we sang it this morning so much. Paul again said in 2 Corinthians, God said, my grace is all you need. The grace that saved you is the same grace that changes you. My power works best in weakness. So now I'm so glad to boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ, there it is again, can work through me. God's grace saves. God's grace changes. God's grace forgives. God's grace strengthens. God's grace transforms. It's not by our works, it's not by our power, but by the Spirit, says the Lord. If we want long-lasting transformation to happen in our lives, it's got to be by His Spirit. It's got to be by the work of Christ in our lives at work through us, partnering with us as we go. I want to invite the band up. We're going we're gonna to sing a song of response. And as we sing this song, I invite the, the prayer team who are on this morning to come at the front and be, be prepared. And if you have identified something in your life this morning, perhaps you're frustrated. Perhaps you've tried. Perhaps you feel like change isn't possible. Would you come this morning and ask for God's power to be at work through you? As we sing this song, can we stand? Can I get everyone to close their eyes? I want to finish with an exercise this morning. I talked that when I was with people who knew what they were doing playing golf, I felt embarrassed. I felt like I wanted to conceal it. What I want to do this morning is, as we're just focusing on the Lord, I want you to imagine that Jesus has just walked in and he's sat next to you. And that as he sits next to you, he looks into your eyes and he knows you, he knows your heart. He knows what you think. He knows how you act. And as Jesus sits next to you, what is it that you're trying to to hide? What is it that you're potentially embarrassed about? As he puts his finger on that thing in your life this morning, allow that to just sit with you. This song says, Jesus, I come. Oh, how I need your grace. As you identify that thing in your life that you're longing to see set free, you're longing to see broken, you're longing to see change, it's not by your might and power. It's through Jesus at work through you. Lord Jesus, as you've spoken to people here this morning, as you've you've opened up our hearts as we've been honest and real. Lord, we do come broken, weak, trembling, but we know that your grace is all that we need. Your grace that saved us is the same grace that can now change us. So Lord, as we participate, as we come forward, as we we lay these things at your feet, we ask that your spirit would be at work to come and do a work in our hearts that we might go away changed, renewed, transformed by the power of your grace. In Jesus' name, amen. So as we sing this song, you might want to come down the front. You might want to stand before the Lord and just say, Lord, I give this to you. I lay this at your feet. Come and do a work in me. Holy Spirit, we just invite you to just come and have your way amongst us now. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you that we can come just as we are. We can come just as we are. We can come broken. We can come acknowledging our weaknesses. We can come identifying what these things are in our lives. We thank you that we can come and your grace is sufficient. Your grace is all we need. That your power is made perfect in our weakness. Thank you, Lord, for that promise. In Jesus' name, amen. I just wonder this morning, as we've shared, you have a, a story, a testimony, you have a word. Maybe there's something on your heart that you want to just share. Mavis, do you want to come down? Uh, Willie, Willie, you've got a word as well. Take a seat. <coughs> Willie, do you want to just come forward? <coughs> yes, <Yeah>, stand there. <laughs> it's
0: safer down here. Um, I just had the sense that that there are some people, two or three in particular, where um, you're frustrated because you've been asking God for something to happen in your life and it's just not happening. It's so frustrating to you and you're even thinking, God, are you even listening to me or do you care about me because it's just been there for so long? And then I had the picture of, you know, the traffic lights And we come to the traffic lights and there's a stop. And sometimes we get pretty frustrated when there's a stop, especially if we're in a hurry to get somewhere. But what's happening at that stoplight? Picture it. There's green lights in two other spots where there's comings and goings that need to happen before the red light that you're sitting in front turns to green. And sometimes it can be what Sam's talking about, spiritual transformation. Sometimes something has to be happening in us before God can give that green light. Sometimes it can just be timing. But there are things that we, we don't see in the natural that God is seeing. So when we're at this red light, the green light will come. But things have to happen while the other lights are working. So if that's for you, please get someone to pray for you and, and just the knowledge of that. And too, Sam, can we just please play, pray for Denise? She's really having some struggles. And I just wonder if, if Bev and Mike, could you put your hands on her and just pray for her? I really feel that as a body we need to to just love Denise and pray for God's power to touch her body.
1: Oh Lord, we just just pray for Denise. We thank you for her heart. We thank you for the way that you've called her to yourself. Lord, right now in the name of Jesus, we pray for, for divine healing. Lord, we pray for you to be at work in her body. We pray for a, a release of, of anything that is bringing her down, that is, is causing illness. And we release that in Jesus' name. And we we declare that that Jesus is our healer, that Jesus is our transformer. And we pray for healing over her body. We pray for healing over her whole life, not just physically, but her whole being would be transformed, Lord, right now by your Holy Spirit. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you,
2: Sam. This is just something to share that somebody... Said yesterday, and it's just such a, a powerful thing. I think um, It was a story of um, this gentleman had been talking to someone who was from Poland, Polish Christian, and uh, he, they were talking about Christ and um, their churches. and He said, "Oh, your church over here is so soft." <laughs> I said, What do you mean by that? Is it? Uh, you don 't do confession like we do <laughs> you, you don't you don't there's no confession I go in Poland we went and we confessed we worked hard our confession so it 's just a little story to just bring about the thought of the power of confession um, and I thought it followed on from what was said today in that um, uh, in, in, in what was just said again and that reflection that that's what the work of the Spirit is doing in us. God is our guide. He's our shepherd. He's our counselor, and He will show us His most skilled counselor um, you could ever have, and that counsel is free, and it's full. <laughs> um, but yeah, the power of confession. Um, there's something else, but I've forgotten it. So maybe that's it. Just to sit with that. Oh, I know what it was. Then the fellow, not the Polish guy, but the other fellow, was just saying that his thoughts about that were, we don't have to, conf- when there's something that we know we have to put right, we don't have to tell everybody that. We don't have to tell it all. But there is a power in confessing our sins to one another, or our difficulties, or our stuckness, or whatever it is, there is a power that, I, I know, because I did it about a month ago, I thought, "Wow, oh, this is a big thing, you know, and it was just one person, it was a little bit of it, and afterwards I thought, oh, that's shifted, not, you know, still uh, aware of it, but it's, the power is kind of It's not as strong as it was, and I'm really grateful. Thank
1: you. Thank you, Mavis. Sorry. The
3: the Lord shows me pictures, and I saw a picture of a garden, and and there was a fruit tree there, there was some some flowers, but there was a lot of long grass. And I thought, yeah, that happens. We start well, we plan a garden, and as life goes by, the grass grows, long grass, there's weeds and all sorts of stuff. And then there was a gate. You know you like gates. There's an iron gate. And, but you couldn't see what was beyond it. And I thought, what, what is this? But I felt you had to go through the gate. So you went up and there was nothing. But the, the sense was to go through the gate. And the further you walked in to this thing, a whole panorama opened up. And it was as you walked literally by faith... This beautiful landscape opened up there were big tall trees, there was a lake there were beautifully manicured flower beds, there were... and it was alright, you know, you'd left this mess which is your own effort, but as you walked into this, and literally every step that you took by faith as you walked in, this thing opened up, and I, I don't know what that exactly means, but it may, may mean something to somebody. Thank you Mark This
1: is awesome I'll be quick <laughs>
4: A few years ago I was fortunate enough to go to a silent retreat at Seven Hills Monastery, Um, fancy being silent for three days. It was actually bliss. During that time there was a particular scripture that I kept thinking about and I realised that the Lord was telling me to look out at infinity out into his creation of what goes beyond the galaxies and away out there, and I realized that I was seeing God through other people's experience and other people's eyes, and no matter how good the sermon is, Sam <laughs> it you have to see God yourself, and so something just moved inside of me, and I realized that. Um, seeing God through the lens of someone else's eyes and their experience um, was not for me, but to actually see God, just me and God, my eyes looking into God's eyes, his eyes looking into me, and knowing that his spirit infused all of all of creation, way out there into the galaxies, into the beauty of the earth, into the people and into me, that God and God's spirit was in me as God looked at me and I looked at God. And so that was a change for me, a a big one.
1: Thank you so much. Yeah. I'm aware we're running over, over time here, but I think it's okay every now and then. Um, we're going to sing one last song, probably just two verses of it or something. Um, I just want to just follow up on Willie's word. Um, something you, you struck me when you said that was we're waiting for God to do something out there, but maybe God needs to do something us first for that to happen. I, I wonder whether that's someone here... Um, Maybe that's all of us. We're, we're asking God to do something out there, but really the change first has to happen in here in order for that out there to, to take place first. And I'll re- and that, that really just sits well with me for this morning. So if that's you, we're going to sing two verses of this song. You can come down uh, at the front. You can be prayed for. Uh, other than that, we're going to then, then finish the this, this service. Um.
2: My Redeemer, there is no more for Christ in me.
5: That's good. Um, yeah, really trust that you've had a sense of what God's saying to you uh, this morning. And thank you for those that have come up to the front and being bold. And, yeah, just sharing something that the Lord's put on their hearts. Sam, thanks for reminding us there's always a spiritual dimension. Uh, It's so easy to just get caught up in trying to do things in our own strength when God is actually there to work through us. Uh, My prayer is that we'll be able to lay hold of uh, something profound from what we've been shared this morning and and that'll actually cause a growth and a transformation in our lives but in also the lives of those that we might impact along the way as well. So uh, that's it for the the formal part of today. Uh, There's an opportunity to hang around um, to share over a cup of coffee or tea um, Spend some time on the deck at the back there in the sunshine. Uh, if you're still coming wanting prayer, our prayer team is here at the front. Um, the prayer room's also open as well um, if you just like to uh, sit with someone and uh, just allow them to, to pray or minister to us as well. So, yeah, thanks for being a part of this morning, uh, particularly to you, Lord. All good. Amen. Have a good week. Yeah.
2: Yeah. No No fate fate I dread